and all, and welcome to another 14 Words. It's just me and Ian this week, and we're going to do Fred West. But first, we're going to do Ian's favourite subject, which is the Loch Ness Monster, the new <coughs> the new photo, the, the new photograph that has emerged. Let's have a look, and good evening, everyone. Let's see what we've got from Loch Ness. Yeah, got it. The latest photograph. You got it up? Let's That's have it. a look there. Right. Interesting. It's a fierce size, isn't it? So, uh, could be the monster. What do you think, Hemi? Oh, I don't know. It just looks... At, uh, there's something a bit weird about it. It just looks a bit opaque to me. It looks CGI'd to me. Like right, someone's okay. been on the old Photoshop. What's your, what's your opinion then, Ian? Well, that back is the back of a catfish, so it's oh, not the monster. It? Yeah, that is. If you look at a picture of a catfish, that back is exactly the uh, the same. So, um, but if you look at it, it does seem to be photoshopped, doesn't it? And so basically, someone's had... photoshopped a catfish into a yeah, blew it up and made it look like a monster, and there we are. Or you could believe that is the monster itself. Trying to find a catfish back picture. Uh, they get to a fair size, though, catfish. So, uh, so it could be mistaken for the monster. And um, Steve Feltham, who was the, he's a monster hunter. He's been there since the early nineties, about thirty years now. Um, he's, he's a bit he's, more serious um, than the than the carnival fella, then, is he? Well, there is a bit of comedy in his uh, when he presents himself. Um, he says it's a Wells catfish, the, the monster. Um, due to the size that they get, so after thirty years' research, it's not. It's unfortunately, it's not a plesiosaur, which uh, which uh, we would all like it to be, wouldn't we? I haven't got a catfish's fat back, but I've got a catfish's front, which same pattern and same colours. So, mm. but it hasn't got a long neck and small head catfish, has it? It's got just got a, a fat head straight onto its body. So yeah, so doesn't doesn't fit the descriptions that we get uh, totally. It's a pretty good CGI job, but I don't know, just a gut feeling tells me that it doesn't look quite right. No, it doesn't. There's something funny about it, isn't there? Yeah. And also, um, why not take a film, another photo? Eh? Yeah. More photos? Just the one photo, yeah. Bullshit. So, <laughs> so the images were captured by Southampton resident Steve Chalice, who had been on holiday in Scotland last September with his brother when they visited, Ur visited Urquhart Castle. Hmm. Uh, yes, it's a nice place to visit. I would recommend it. And I'd like to go again. I've been in the past. I'd like to go again soon. I didn't see any monster when I was there, though, but uh, there's some good stuff there, and it's uh, worth a visit. Yeah, did you see they're but, doing up the, um, the uh, what's his name's house? Uh, the Alistair Crowley house. I saw something of that. I'm not sure who has bought it now, but uh, it was the uh, singer of Led Zeppelin, wasn't it, who bought it? Yeah, Jimmy, pa uh, guitar player, yeah. Jimmy Capage. <laughs> so yeah, it's all mystery at Loch Ness, but uh, they just need a Bigfoot neighbor as well, don't they? And uh, they'll have the set. Yeah, there is there is UFO activity reported. Oh, I've just found another. There's another Loch Ness story on the side. While, while we're on Loch Ness, let's do another one, shall we? Mm. Birds nest inside the Loch Ness monster's head. <laughs> do we have a photo? Uh, it's not. It's. Is that the ruins of the castle or something? Mm, the Urquhart Castle, yeah. 
Lack of visitors to the iconic Scottish lock during lockdown has made it possible for nature take, to take over. At this time of year, no, Loch Ness is usually buzz, buzzling, buzzing with activity, a destination for visitors from all over the world who've travelled to Scotland for a chance to glimpse the le- le- legendary monster. Due to coronavirus, blah, blah. Oh, your mate Steve Felton got a mention. One business owner impacted by the situation is Adam De Silva of the Doors Inn, a lockside establishment that is situated next to the home of famed Nessie hunter Steve Feltham. But uh, in his uh, in, in his caravan, he lives in a no, it's a converted library, uh, oh, mobile it? mobile library. Yeah, he lives in that. <laughs> it's the monster. Uh, so Sparrow, so there must be a Nessie statue somewhere, and sparrows are living in it. Yeah, there's there's a few, and they've uh, they've got one by the museum, which is a. I did have my photo taken with, with that actually. Well, this one looks there. like it's got dreadlocks. It's like a lizard head, and it's got like dreadlock looking things on there. And fangs. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's the one. The vampire Nessie. There's <laughs> two fortiers in one there. Mm. Yeah, uh, nice. Well, that's uh that's it then. It was a model of Nessie, not the real Nessie then. Yeah, so not not real oh, Nessie's right, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, click right, should, should we get down shall we get down to brass text then? Uh the West Murders, yes. Is that young, what young we're gonna Fre- cover? Young now? Frederick. Frederick West. Let's have a look then, see what we've got tonight. There's the handsome chap there. He had a lovely line in jumpers, didn't he? He did. He liked the jumper. <laughs> he uh, liked a Christmas liked- jumper, didn't he? He liked a Christmas jumper and a Christmas kill as well. So. <laughs> That's his garden. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've put these on random, so there's kind of all kinds. Of, there's. The, it includes the Sunday sports story about the man whose fridge is haunted by Fred West. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like uh, it would be like that. So let's see. There he is having a fag. There's the ghost. What a drink. Ghost of Fred yeah. West haunts my twenty-five. Haunts my fridge. Hmm. Maybe you keep keep parts of the body in there. Be, uh, keep it preserved. But anyway, let's have a look now. Let's have a look at uh, Fred's uh, background. So, Frederick Walter Stephen West, born twenty-ninth of September, nineteen forty-one, died first of January, nineteen ninety-five. So, uh, died on New Year's Day. So, he must have had a good night the, the night before. So he committed at least 12 murders, or 12 murders that we know of. Between... Both confirmed, I think, is what we can say. Yeah, can we? yeah, yeah, I think there's clearly more, but uh, they're the only ones that have been confirmed. And that was between the 20-year period from 1967 to 1987 in, in Gloucester, majority of which were done with his second wife, Rose West. So let's have a look at uh, Fred's background and his upbringing and see what factors could have contributed to his later behaviour. So he spent his early life living on a farm with his family in a place called Muchmarkle, Hertfordshire. This this was where the foundations of his murderous life were laid. The cottage where they lived had no electricity, and his family consisted of his mother, his father, five brothers and sisters. So there were six children in that family. So there we go. So he had to uh, obviously live in a crowded house with those others. Ah, just having some Heineken. <laughs> so his mother gave birth to eight children altogether, but two died. Uh, that's how it was in those days. Big families, often they died of uh, something or other. Polio, something like that. 
and Fred was always his mother's favourite. The children did all the farm work as, a, as it was a necessity to survive, and uh, this instilled a strong worth ethic into Fred uh, in later life. Bear with me one moment, just having a swig. Mm. So, um, his class, so in his school, his classmates were, um, they would pick on him, describe him as scruffy, dim, lethargic, and uh, he was often in trouble. So, well, I don't know. The, the, the lethargic thing, I don't know. He, he's, he's, a very, uh, he's a very industrious young man, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, that came from his work ethic, not his, not his brain. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was the thick kid in the class, the one that was picked on, calling him thicko, dense, shit like that. So, <laughs> so this is the good bit here. The first, the first bit, uh, the first bit where we can look at what could have influenced him. So, Fred admitted that when he he was introduced to sex by his mother, and when he was twelve, uh, that was when he was twelve. So he gave his he, he shagged his mother when he was twelve, basically. So uh, that's um, quite disturbing, isn't it? Well, you know, that'll learn him, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why yeah. couldn't she just taught him how to sew or something instead? Yeah, motherfucker. So, anyway. <laughs> Literally. Hmm. Um, at this stage in his life, he also engaged in acts of bestiality with, was the, there, with uh, the animal. Was, hmm? was their yeah. favourite quiz show all in the family? <laughs> or Family Fortunes. <laughs> or other quiz shows with family in the title. There was one called Ask the Family, wasn't it? Oh, it's Ask the Family. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to ask that family. They might tell you. Mm. Ask them, but you're being for a shot with their answer. Yeah. But anyway, so um, during this time as well, he was he was um, engaging in acts of bestiality with animals on the farm. So sheep. I'm not sure what other ones you could have sex with. Goat, maybe. not chicken, surely. And uh, if they had llamas, it'd be a bit tricky, wouldn't it? Yeah, llamas aren't that common a farm animal in this in this country, though, are they? So it's mainly probably goats and sheep. So um, you know, this is this so pretty messed up behaviour from an early age from Fred. Sheep shagging, incest, not good. And the interesting thing is, it was his father who taught him how to shag animals. Um, pretty sick, isn't it? Uh, my father taught me how to drive, so uh, you know that's. Uh, and I would think everyone else's father did that as well. So yeah, messed up behaviour from Fred from a very early age, um, and basically what his father instilled in him was: do anything you want. Uh, it doesn't matter as long as you get away with it. As long as no one knows, fuck it. Kill people, rape people. You don't mm. crime if you don't get caught. Exactly, it's not, is it? It's true as well. We've all done it. So, <laughs> I don't think I've done some of the stuff he's done. I haven't done anything. But I would say that, wouldn't I? Even if I have done something, yeah. no one's going to know. Okay. So anyway, in his, um, so obviously he was growing up at this age. Uh, and in his teenage years, he socialised at the lo- local youth club. Um, obviously, that's where... In those days, especially, was where you would meet your uh, girlfriend, your future wife, whatever. Um, but Fred, instead of like charming him his way in, he would aggressively approach women and girls, and um, basically a job 
objectified them as objects of pleasure and would just approach them and fondle them straight away without doing the small talk, you know, getting the green light, whatever. He just went for it. So, yeah, so again, not good behavior, very aggressive sexual behavior going on uh, in his teenage years. So, um, girls that would... Yeah, that oh, it, would says, take a bit. it also says on the Wikipedia that um, his dad was having sex with Fred's sisters as well. Really? I'm not oh, but, I, yeah, but Fred's, probably, youngest, probably... Fred's youngest brother, Doug, dismissed these claims as fantasy on Fred's part. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say because obviously if, um, if it's true that he was shagging animals, then I would have thought that... Um, Shagging his daughter's sisters, whatever. <laughs> then that, that wouldn't that wouldn't really be such a big hurdle, would it? So, <laughs> yeah, the, mo the, mo the moral high the, the moral high high bar is is already pretty low, isn't it? It's like it's, you're going to step over yeah. it. You haven't got to jump over that one, have you? At least it's the same race as you, your sister. Even though it's wrong, at least you're having <laughs> sex with another human rather than <laughs> a pig or whatever he was doing. Oh, Jesus. Maybe, anyway. maybe that's a step up in my rules for you never know what these people think do you it's a tough one to choose between isn't it but i think you have to go for incest rather than bestiality so uh oh uno keeps uh, saying anyway. what's the background of the father do you know anything about the father i mean was he ex-military well at his age he was bound to have fought in world war ii wasn't he hard to say uh, um interesting that because um it's not too clear, you know, whether he was too much into this sexual abuse, whatever. But um, the um, he did get married to quite an older woman when he was in his 20s. She was in her 40s. You know, there's about 20-year age gap. She died. And, the, um, and the, um, the, the cause of death was put down to a bee sting. So, obviously, that's a bit funny, isn't it? You know, you don't usually die of that. So... It's thought that maybe his father did kill his first. Uh, well, she was she was eight, year, eight years older than him because she was born in nineteen twenty two and he was born in nineteen fourteen. So I'd say there's a good chance he went away to war then, isn't there? Did World War Two? Um, yeah, it's possible. I know Rose's father did, and we'll come on to that. But um, mm. but yeah, it's, it's uh, an interesting observation in what happened in his father's life, and you know, me, you know. Things weren't as documented as well as they were on the well, possibly not if he was a farmer. It could have been a possibility he didn't go away if he was a farmer, couldn't it? Yes, it's, it is possible. But uh, but yeah, it's not the, the you know because it was this is Fred's father. It was quite a long time ago. The you know the facts aren't clear and and they never will be. But uh, it's just interesting that one fact that his wife died of a bee sting, which is uh, you know he probably clubbed her to death or something. But yeah, so that was Fred. His ag his aggressive approach to the uh, to the uh, the girls in the youth club, etc. Some girls though would take up his advantage uh, his advantages and get off with him. And um, they reported that uh, his sexual performances were unsatisfactory, and his primary objective was his own gratification. So he couldn't please a woman. <laughs> Yeah, so too interested in his own his own uh, his own satisfaction. Yeah, let's move on. So when Fred was seventeen, he bought a motorbike, and two months later he had an accident. This resulted in a fractured skull, a broken arm, and a broken leg. 
He was also unconscious for seven days and walked with braces for several months. Due to this accident, he developed an extreme fear of hospitals and became prone to fits of rage. Well, I was going to say, this, this, this covers, like, for, I've watched, I've seen quite a few things about serial killers, and there's a few things that are kind of basics to become a serial killer. One of them seems to be it's some sort of head injury, some sort of, like, really messed up um, relationship with your parents, and I think it's bedwetting, bedwetting or fire starting are the other two, aren't they? Yeah, they're all, they're all factors, but the knock yeah. on the head, it does come into a serial killer's um, quite regular. And uh, Rose had a similar kind of thing we can we can uh, touch on later. Mm. But, um, yeah, obviously a, a, a smash on the head or a fracture skull, that's not going to do your mental state much good, is it? So so, um, so what we'll do is look at another experience he had along the same lines. So um, two years after that motorbike accident, he had another head injury. And uh, what it was, he was trying it on with a girl. Um, and this was on a, a fire escape, so he was being doing his usual very forward uh, advances on the um, on a fire escape. And um, in response, she punched him, and then he fell two floors. So again, you know, a knock on the head. Probably, and, uh, probably bang, banged his head on the steps a good few times as well on the way yeah. down there, didn't he as well? He banged his head on the steps, but he didn't bang anything else, did he? So. Uh, got what he deserved yeah so um so yeah so obviously there we go by the time he was 17 he'd had these unusual sexual experiences and also um these these knocks on the head which uh one of them was quite serious as well so also he wasn't a bad looking guy before these accidents as well but his accidents messed his face up a bit and uh also it gave him a limp as well so he was walking with a limp so wasn't quite the ladies' man after that that he was before. So let's have a look then. Let's have a look at June 1961. So um, Fred's 13-year-old sister, Kitty, told their mother that Fred had been raping her and impregnated her. So there we go again, some more incest going on. Um, Fred was arrested for this and admitted to the police that he'd been molesting young girls since his early teens. And... Um, Basically, he said to the police, well, we all do it, don't we? It's just normal. It's what we do. Isn't it? You do it. Said to the police, surely you do it. But, uh, but no, obviously they didn't and didn't, uh-huh. uh, didn't take, take kindly to this kind of behavior. So on the 9th of November, uh, Fred was tried. And um, though disgusted by her son's actions, his mother, Daisy, testified in his defense. Uh, and that's probably because she had had uh, sex with Fred too. His 13-year-old sister refused to testify against him, and the case collapsed. So there we go. Fred got away with it. So uh, and this, this is, is, this we'll is be- the other thing that they kind of don't mention with a lot of serial killers as well, is they seem to get away with a lot of crime, don't they, in their younger years? Mm. Not so much these days with all the technology. Uh, yeah technology going on but um you know peter Sutcliffe got away with a hell of a lot before he was caught so yeah. and the same with this as well so who's yeah. that one i've seen that i've seen the the one on him the is it, is it the scottish guy the one the one that escaped broadmoor and killed the young girl i mean he oh, yeah. got away with loads of like thieving and all sorts hadn't he 
that was in the fifties, wasn't it? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's name off, off the top of my head, but, but he um, got away yeah. with absolutely loads of thieving and kind of like petty crime, hadn't he? Before he moved on to like murder and stuff. Yeah, he had. Um, he had. Uh, he was registered mental, though. You know, he was a mm. mental person. So, you know, this was this was put down to his behaviour. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, an interesting case that they, how he got out of Broadmoor. And uh, it, just for a few hours, really. And uh, in that time he was out, he managed to kill a girl. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, and after that, they really upped the uh, security of Broadmoor. So we won't be seeing that again. Well, they didn't up it that much because they used to let uh, Jimmy Savile... They used to get Jimmy Savile the keys, didn't I know, they? That was, <laughs> I know, that's... Uh, that's they, say, they say of him, the lunatic took over the asylum. And it did in that time. He was basically running the place. By me, that's crack, isn't it? I think we'll have to do a yeah. Jimmy Savile episode at some point. Yes, no, it'd be interesting to do that. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, uh, be about and a three Rolf... or four parter, wouldn't it? <laughs> There's some material there, isn't there? Three hundred odd cases, wasn't it? Yeah, and a Rolf Harris case, um, as well. We could do him. And the worst thing about that is. I did see Rolf Harris live. It wasn't intentional, but I went to this. Uh, <laughs> I went to the school fate. I went to a school fate, and um, Rolf Harris's grandson went there, and Rolf was there. And then all of a sudden, he just got up on stage and started doing all that that thing he does, uh, all his songs or whatever. He was yeah, hanging around was the school good, then, was he? Well, we didn't know at the time what he was like, but uh, but. But yeah, it was a good show actually. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it's a shame what happened a few years later. But anyway, back to West. Let's see. All right, so that's his childhood. Um, childhood covered. Um, we'll go through. Uh, let's start with uh, with this with this first sort of proper relationship um, with a woman called Rena Costello. So yeah, so Fred got together with Rena Costello in September 1962. She was 21. And um, so they met in September 1962. They got married on the 17th of November, the same year. So these people like to get married, don't they? Uh, so that's what he was doing there. It's kind of weird um, as, as how socially kind of weird they, they can always find a wife. I know. <laughs> it's just messed up and it gets more messed up. But yeah, that's so, you know, you don't get married after two months, but he did. So that's what. His thing was. Um, so at the time of his marriage, Rena was pregnant with a, with the child of an Asian bus driver. So she was up the duff. These people just get married, get pregnant. That's their thing. So that's what they do. They moved to Scotland and Fred worked as an ice cream van driver. So ice cream van driver, that's a good job for a pedo, isn't it? <laughs> uh, lollipop man. Uh, yeah. scout leader yeah it's one of those jobs so yeah he's uh so he did that <clears throat> um, it'd, be, it'd be quite an easy way like like bribing kids with ice creams to do stuff and stuff like that it's like, like exactly, you say, yeah ready ready access and uh and you know t plus plus the stuff to bribe kids with as well it's like a bit of a yeah. mix isn't it give, give me give me a 69 and i'll give you a 99 Oh yeah, that that didn't work, did it? But anyway, <laughs> so anyway, let's <laughs> so anyway, let's see what we got. Uh, uh, like that one, good. Yeah. Hey, it's clap. It's Thursday. The clap is clap. There's no more clapping, is there on a Thursday? No, no, it was Sunday this year, wasn't it? Because it was the uh, was it? 
Yeah, I didn't hear any though. So the seals haven't fucked off yet. Then uh, I've heard any I mean, nothing now. Anyway, yeah, so. pain in the ass. But anyway, all right, back to this. Um, so Rina gave birth to um, their daughter Charmaine in March 1963. Uh, due to the, the the child's mixed race ancestry, uh, Fred and Rina claimed that they adopted the child because, if you remember, the child's father was an Asian bus driver. So that's what uh, that was. Uh, that's what they did to say to uh, make it Fred. People were very trusting back then, weren't they? It's like, yeah. hold on a minute. They started. They started the paperwork before the before she miscarried. Yeah, it was all fucked up. But that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the sixties. Anything go? Anything could go then, wasn't it? Free oh, love. Your ba- oh, your baby's dead. Do you want a free one? Is that is that what people yeah. thought? <laughs> yeah, swapping babies in the hospital. I don't like that one. I think take yeah. that one of the woman who was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> She won't know, right? Obviously, not not a questioning people up up in, up in Scotland then. Ian, so, so um, uh, we've been joined. Yeah, we've been we joined got? by a wild hobbit. Ah, uh, he's back from the uh, the wilderness. Yeah, he can't hear us yet. Just carry Good on. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> he'll talk. Him. He'll talk when he's yeah. Ready. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll talk. Talk it through. Um, so anyway, in July 1964, Rena, Fred's wife, gave birth to Fred's child, Anna Marie. So that's what. Uh, so that was his actual child. The other one wasn't. Um, and at this time, also the Fred, the uh, West became friendly with a 16-year-old, an, a vulnerable young woman who uh, had recently lost, lost her boyfriend because uh, he died in the workplace. I don't know how, but obviously she was having a bit of a trauma. Vulnerable teenage girl. The, they do you find know, Fred, Fred is almost it. like a Charles Manson type character. <laughs> you know, all these women and and people, not not men at all, really, is it? But it's just like the way he just kind oh, no. of has like an entourage. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, yeah, it's uh, and it's just one one woman after the other. Uh, mm. He was never satisfied. <clears throat> yeah, but to be honest, if he hadn't done all this. As a person, as the person we got to know, I thought he would probably be like you know quite a good laugh, you know, much yeah, much more be... of a laugh than Sutcliffe or Shipman or Brady. They were like boring. You could go out for a drink with Fred, and you so know, you know, it'd be Fred a good. Fred used to go down the pub and stuff, and people knew him and kind of you know drank with him and thought he was no okay guy, didn't they as well? Um, yeah, his neighbour said he was a decent guy and his workmates, but um, you know. There was more to it than that. He used to let his workmates have a go on his wife, so uh, and uh, and people down the pub as well. So it's uh, something uh, something to take in. No wonder they'd say he was a good bloke, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and he was. So anyway, okay. So we'll um, yeah, so yeah, we will get there. So Fred, um, as during the marriage, uh, Fred admitted to having a n- numerous affairs in the early years, fathering fathering an illegitimate child. Um, Rena discovered Fred's infidelity and began an affair with a man called John McCoughlin. So, yeah, it's all getting married, getting pregnant, having affairs. Is that the world we want? Mm. It was the well, it was 60s, for Fred, though. wasn't it? Yeah, but this is, this is like fucking pond life, isn't it? But anyway, let's have a look. So, um, Fred caught Rena with a lover in an embrace. Uh, so 
he punched Rena. He didn't punch the guy, he punched his wife. In response, John McLaughlin punched Fred. And then at that point, Fred drew a knife, took a swipe at McLaughlin, grazed his stomach. Fred was punched a second time and he stopped defending himself. And um, John McLaughlin said in later years about Fred that Fred couldn't tackle a man, but he wasn't slow when attacking women. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty sick, isn't it? But uh, wouldn't pick on a bloke. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty bad news. So, um, John, John McLaughlin was, he carried his, on his, with his affair with uh, Fred's wife and uh, seeing a constant flow of bruises and injuries to Rena, where Fred had been beating her, McLaughlin carried out several beatings on Fred. So, yeah, you seem to. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What the fuck is yeah, going on in that house? <laughs> I would have joined if I was there. I would have joined in. <laughs> I would have. Uh, yeah, I would have had my go definitely. Did this, so. this McLaughlin bloke? Did he just like a bit of a free sort of fucking danger on the side of any affair? Did he? he was a nasty piece of work, and you didn't want to muck about with him. But Fred did, and he got what he deserved. Yeah, so. yeah, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so another time, McLaughlin witnessed what he witnessed was Fred's daughter, Charmaine, and she was an infant at this time, and she asked for Fred for an ice cream from his van. Fred's response to this was to strike her across the head, and then she was about three years old at the time. So uh, McLaughlin intervened and dished out another beating to Fred. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did Fred just like a beating? Is that what it was? Either uh, or McLaughlin like to dish out a beating. Yeah, blimey. All right, okay. Then let's move on to the um, to the next bit, which is good. So, November 1965, Fred accidentally ran over and killed a small boy in his ice cream van. So, that was probably his first his first victim, or maybe not victim, but the first death caused by him. Um, ah. Yeah, he didn't do it on purpose. Hobbit. Part and parcel of being an ice cream man. Yeah. Mm. Talking about Freddy Boy West, Hobbit. I I gathered. Did he live in Swindon? Am I right in thinking that? No, no, uh, Gloucester. Gloucester. <coughs> oh, Swindon, Gloucester, same difference. <laughs> they both got a they both got a farm accent, haven't they? So yeah, a, a pirate voice. So, um, I love her. So after killing this child, Fred was cleared of any wrongdoing by police, and it was put down to an accident. Which it probably was, but Fred probably thought to himself after doing that, um, you know, oh, I've killed someone and I'm not in jail. This is this. I might be onto something here. So, um, yeah, that's what. Well, happened. not only is he not in jail, he was cleared of any wrongdoing, which obviously, like you say, that would add into that. Add into that, wouldn't it? Yeah. So he shagged sheep, got away you know, with he, it. He got he got away, he got away with getting his sister pregnant. Got away with running yeah. a kid over. Got away with shagging his mother. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, he was getting away with things and now he can kill someone and get away with it. So, yeah, that's uh, so that probably instilled this in him as well. I'm getting away with things. Let's do more. So. So in Scotland, feeling hostility from the locals, Fred moved to Gloucester with the two children and lived in a rented caravan. So. So he was a, a jippo then, wasn't he? Doing yeah. tarmacs and shit. And shit, <laughs> eh? making a nuisance of probably themselves. Probably stealing lead, stealing lead from churches. Yeah, 
causing trouble in pubs in the town centre. But anyway, and marrying their sister, like Fred. Fred would. So let's have a look then. So, um, oh yeah, go on, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, Hobbit's just adjusting his mic <laughs> very quietly. <laughs> so, so they went down there. Yeah, okay, carry on. Yeah, so uh, Rena joined um, Fred in um, February, February 1966 and brought two other women with her, Anna McFall, who was living with them in uh, Scotland at the 16th. So what was it then? Did, uh, did McLachlan get bored because he didn't have Fred to beat? He, like, was was beating, beating Fred part of the relationship with Rena as far as uh, McLachlan was concerned? Um, in Glasgow, you're not short of anyone to fight, I'm sure, so he, he would have <laughs> moved on to another... Another target. Moved in with another couple where he used to beat the husband. Yeah. Was, was that McLachlan's thing, do you think? Mm. No, he was just a hard man. He liked to demonstrate his uh, his powers. So, yeah. Probably a bully. So, But anyway, so, um, yeah, so Fred was living in the caravan and um, Rena joined him in February 1966, brought two other women with her, Anna McFall and Isa McNeil, and they came to England to find work. Uh, McNeil um, was the nanny, wasn't she? Yeah, she was in Scotland. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, yeah, so brought those two women with him. So you know, he was surrounded by women. Um, so at this time, Fred was working as a lorry driver for an abattoir. So he was surrounded by death, slaughter, blood and guts. So just getting used to seeing these things, incest killing a child and now you know this was his job blood and guts all day from the animals which he shagged as a child wouldn't it be funny if he um shagged one of these animals and then ended up delivering them oh. some years later a cow or something wouldn't eh? be that it funny because someone else would have to eat <laughs> but, but they wouldn't know would they and what yeah. fred's father said what you don't know doesn't hurt you so um so uh, yeah, so this was uh, so he set himself up in Gloucester caravan job, blah blah blah. Um, so at this time, though, Fred was beginning to exhibit dominance over the three women and was pro uh, prone to violent mood swings, and this was often taken out on the women. So it was him, the three women, and the two children in the caravan. So it's pretty uh, pretty cramped conditions, pressurized. So Fred's going to get pissed off and give someone a. A hiding. So how did. old was Charmaine by this point then? Um, she would have been three or four. I think Charmaine was born in sixty-two. Charmaine sixty-three. So this 63, is sixty-six. 63, so she was three. Yeah, three. So that's all happened so. in a really, really short space of time. Then didn't it? The uh, the the first the first killing, <sighs> running the boy over, moving up to Scotland, moving back down again. That's how these people live, though, you know. Mm. It's just about, uh, you know, getting married, having kids, and you die before you're 40. So. Yeah. Or 53 in this case. <laughs> so anyway, that's what happened there. So um, 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 also at this time, he started abusing his stepdaughter, uh, being violent to her and sexually abusing her as well. So, so you know. And he also encouraged Rena, his wife, to go on the game, be a prosy, get a bit of uh, extra cash in. So prostitution there as well. So uh, these all all these things are adding up. 
To escape Fred's violence and increase in sadistic sexual demands, Rena contacted McLaughlin, you know. Oh, he's still about. <laughs> uh, talks with his fist, this guy. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Rena contacted McLaughlin to take her and McNeil and the children back to Scotland because they couldn't live with Fred anymore. He was being violent. He was a shithole. And he was just, you know, better things, better, better things than that. That's what they were after. Um, at this stage, though, Anna McFall, the 16-year-old, was in love with Fred. So, and Fred well, promised obviously, to marry Obviously, her. you'd see all that and you'd <laughs> think, well, this is the man I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. <laughs> that, that filthy bastard, yeah, he's the man for me. So, <laughs> you went with Well, you know what they say about women being attracted to bad men? I mean, uh, didn't Jeffrey Dahmer have a girlfriend? No, he, he was Aren't gay. He was gay. <laughs> Yeah, but wasn't there like women like Ted Bundy? You're thinking of Ted Bundy. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Women like jerks. By the way, women, I will be misogynistic to you and tell you to stay in the kitchen. I'm also single. (laughs) Hobbit's a jerk too, aren't you, Hobbit? I'm a very nice jerk. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, guys. Just uh, talk amongst yourself. The Heineken's kicking in, so I'm just going to. Uh, I'll be okay. back in two minutes. No problem. What, well, what, do, you, what do you think so far, then, Arbit? What to what a. Well, I I don't have much to say. I imagine have we gotten to the bit yet where the house has been bulldozed and concreted over? Because no, no we're quite away, from, quite away away from that. We, we're going to do Fred's. I assume we're going to do up until they get married, and then we're going to. Uh... Then we're gonna mm. then we're gonna talk a little bit about Rose because her her br- upbringing was equally as chaotic, and then we'll mm. get on to the uh... onto the way nobody wanted to buy the house for some reason. I mean, uh, they... no, it's quite the no, it's quite the opposite. They, 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 I would have thought uh, twenty seven twenty five Carl Cromwell Street probably would have would have fetched a pretty penny. But I mean, I, I I heard that it's like, oh, nobody wants to buy this place, so we're just going to bulldoze it. And no, concrete that's, bu- it over. that's bullshit. It's, it's quite the opposite. Is the problem is that many people would buy would buy the place, and that's why they bulldozed it. Oh, I see. Huh. Well, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, all I can say is, uh, I want to go on a tangent. Really, I just want to explain about the absolute fucking palaver I've had today. I've had to relocate everything. Well, are you back home now? So this this is why I no no I'm 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 abroad for the foreseeable future because things have happened. I hear rumblings that the French might close their borders and uh, ooh yeah yeah but well there's just for other reasons I need to stay here for a bit which which is annoying because I keep seeing people showing pictures of the pub and it's like. So everyone's going to the pub and I'm stuck, uh, I'm, I'm broad. I was like, this is worse than World War One, you know, <laughs> where there's like, they're, they're looking at Twitter and it's like, mates are in the spoons and I'm here in the trench. <laughs> at least you're with your mates in the trench. <laughs> I just thought, was, uh, to, be, to be fair though, I mean, I've been encountering members of my family and my cousins, they're actually... Um, some of them aren't complete shitheads. They're actually all right. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I do miss speaking English and um, eating English things. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've I've had to relocate my computer and stuff like that, and it's I've got very short Ethernet cables, and so I'm all just like stuck in this corner. It's not very comfortable. 
oh, well, my headphones aren't long enough, so I'm having to crouch over my computer like Gollum. <laughs> whilst, whilst I'm listening to... Whilst I'm listening to Ian sort of talking about yet another delightful... Um, <laughs> so, I, considering as this show does talk about woo-woo, has Fred West ever had a paranormal encounter? Oh, we yeah, we've got, some, we've got or... some of that. We've got some of that, and it'll come later when we talk about the uh, the police interviews. There is some oh, woo-woo I, involved. I am back now. I'm back oh, now. Uh, I thought... Right, where were we? Well, we were... I don't remember. But I, You're I just thought... in time. I, I thought that thought... would never end. And McFall infatuated. We were somewhere around there. Yeah, all right. So let's have a look then. Oh, and McFall infatuated, and they they were about to spring the escape plan, weren't they? I think is where we were. Uh, Yeah, so, um, and this is the return of our favourite guy. So uh, basically what happened, yeah, so Anna McFall was in love with Fred, and she, uh, you know, basically uh, told Fred of the escape plan. It must have been her. So... Fred wanted to stop the others leaving, and another t- altercation took place between McLaughlin and Fred. And really? Fred got a good kick in again. I was yeah. going to say, who won that one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fred was a mess after that one. So, oh, he got a good yeah, taste in then, did he? Yeah, he did. That's what we like. Yeah. So, so the police became involved in this entanglement, and uh, the two women escaped Scotland. So they were away. Uh, the children stayed with Fred and Anna in the caravan. So, um, yeah, the police so they really didn't did get... their work on that one then, did they? So, uh, yeah. why are you leaving this man? Oh, because he keeps beating the shit out of me and the kids. Okay, what we'll do then is we'll leave the kids with Fred. <laughs> we'll leave the kids with Fred and uh, we'll, then we'll go and dance on a gay pride march or something yeah, like yeah. that, whatever the police do now. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what happened. Um and what happened then? Fred threatened to kill Rena if he ever saw her again because of the cut trouble she'd caused and because of the beatings he got from John. So, uh, so that was that chapter. To ensure the children's well-being, Rena frequently travelled to England to visit. And on one visit, Rena stole some belongings from Fred's caravan and returned to Scotland. Don't know what she stole, but she stole some stuff. Um, she was arrested the following month and returned to Gloucester to tra- face trial and was put on probation for three years. So, yeah, I don't know what she nicked from the caravan, but surely Fred had nothing valuable, but uh, she got on probation for that. So. He probably had a stash of porn mags or something in there. <laughs> Did away with that vintage porn collector's His, fa- his favourite jazz mags. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's... Um, that's that stage. So Fred was left with Anna in the caravan and the two children. So let's move on to this, the murder of Anna. So um, July 1967, Anna McFall, aged 18 and eight months, uh, uh, aged 18, was eight months pregnant with Fred's child. And she vanished. Suddenly she disappeared. So eight months up the duff and uh, she disappeared with loyalty to Fred repaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, maybe she just decided to leave. Maybe she thought, oh, I've had this. I'll go disappear. Um, either that or Fred killed her, which is more likely. So <clears throat> she was never reported missing, but her dismembered remains were discovered on the edge of a field in June 1994, which is when they were, they were digging at the bodies. They knew what Fred had done and, uh, 
started big. Was there any hint that like, there was any suspicion of that Fred had murdered, or was it just? Well, not not from those days. You know, people did go missing. It's uh, and they still do, but um, but uh, it's just one of those things. You know, maybe she went somewhere, uh, had enough. Maybe she died. Perhaps who knows? But um, obviously, in this case, Fred killed her. Um, so the following months after this, Rena returned to live with Fred, and the couple relocated well, why wouldn't to you? another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, he's a, he's... why not? <laughs> well, he's quite a catch, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He treat, treats it treats a mm. girl well, doesn't he? <clears throat> Knows what they like, so yeah. gives it to them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is really um, confusing. So Rena, who who left, who got John to give him a kick in. Now she returned to live with Fred and, the, and they relocated to another caravan park. So they'd gone up market, now, gone to a better caravan car, park nice. with uh, more, more up market pikeys there. So, so yeah, so um, the relationship this time lasted a year. And uh, once again, Rena left Fred. Uh, she left the children with him and the children, because it was only Fred looking after them in a caravan, obviously the children were placed into care. So you can see the guy's a disaster, isn't he? This is, uh, this is how he lived his life. Well, he's a proper catch, isn't he? You can see why all these women <laughs> well, are throwing themselves at him, can't you? Yeah, it's quite true. So, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so that was it for that stage of his life. So, so he was all alone, the kids were in care, and then on the... the uh, early December 1969, he first encountered Rosemary Letts, and that is Rose West, and this is where this was his partner in crime. Uh, he met her shortly after her 15th birthday. So, in typical are we gonna style, do, uh, would it yeah. be a good point to do Rose's childhood and then go yeah, into them as we married? Can, yeah, yeah, we can come on to that. You want to you want to run through that? I can do it if you want. But, yeah, uh, you can do it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so here we go then. So, <laughs> Let's do it, hey, Rose West. So, yeah. So, born in Northam, Devon, uh, to uh, Bill Letts, who was a, a nasty piece it of work. He was a lovely, lovely on... fella. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, this, this is just full of, like, really upstanding blokes, <laughs> this story. The story is filthy, isn't it? And uh, we should be ashamed we're doing it. But let's do it. So, mm. ah, that's another Heineken there. So 25th of February 1921, um, that was when that was when Bill Letts was born, and he died May 1979. So himself and his wife Daisy gave birth to uh, Rosemary, the fifth of seven children, born into a poor family. So they weren't weren't having much uh, weren't having much income, didn't have much luxuries. So a bit similar to to uh, Fred's background in a way, a rural setting. Uh, which was Devon was, and uh, and uh, so and in the same way, uh, Fred lived uh, on a farm, similar similar sort of environment. So uh, Rose's mother suffered from depression and was given ECT when pregnant. So oh, do you nice. know what ECT is? Electroconvulsive yeah? therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't do it anymore, but uh, they used to give it to mentals in the day, didn't they? If they, don't they, they were where up. do they put it? Do they put it across your temples? Then do they put it across your temples and zap your brain? I'm not sure, but all I do know is they put a rag in your mouth so you can bite on that while the uh, therapy is coming. So it's not it's not a pleasant treatment. This was going on if when when uh, she was go, pregnant. Hobbit, do you know anything about electroshock therapy? 
Well, uh, a few Ooh. days ago, I had um, cramp in my foot, and I just thought to myself, "What am I? Am I lacking? Is it because the food I'm eating hasn't got salt in it?" It's like it's unhealthy. It's like, yeah, now I have cramp. So thank you very much. Um, if, if it's if it's as painful as cramp, but on all over your body, I can imagine that's why they give you something to bite down on. Yes. And have you uh, tried electroconvulsive treatment yourself? No, but I've had electric shocks before, and they're not mm. pleasant. Mm. I think we all have, like when you put a battery on your tongue, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh right, so oh, yeah, so cool. place placement of electroshock therapy. Placement can be bilateral, where the electric current is passed from one side of the brain to the other, or unilateral, in which the current is solely passed across one hemisphere of the brain. Seems like the same thing. Efficacy is kind of weird. It's like, for something that sounds like so, like, completely woo-woo, it's, um... So it says, overall remission rate for patients given a round of ECT treatment was 50.9% for those with unipolar depression and 53.2% for those with bipolar depression. Mm, that's easy for you to say. Mm. Uh, what is it? There's little, there's little agreement on the follow-up for ECT. When ECT is followed by treatment with antidepressants, about 50% of people relapsed by relapsed by about 12 months with about 37% re relapsing within the first six months. Okay, so it does, so it works in half of people, but it doesn't, whatever, whatever, so it, can, can whatever it does doesn't right, stick. So, it, so mm. it, work, it works for a bit. I'm sure it doesn't work. Those people probably just got better at the same time they had the treatment. Yeah, probably um, just pretended they I've were better. I've seen footage of it. <laughs> pretended they were better, the so they didn't have another round. Exactly. I was going to say, electroconvulsive therapy is a lot like you ever seen those African witch doctors where they're like they're hitting the patient, and the patient's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, I'm good now. Please stop hitting me." Like, like when they used to put a hole in your skull to cure your headache. Yeah. Now the thing is, I actually have more more evidence to support trepanation. Is is a good is a is good. I mean, no, it's not good to have holes in your skull, but there are like some people where their their brains um what was what's brain edema caused? There's like a special name for it, but apparently trepanation does help with that because it the brain can just sort of swell out a bit. Nice. <laughs> Let's get back to Rosemary, oh. shall we? Because this oh, is it, <laughs> yeah. It, it could be like the um if you were sick, the barber in the olden days would withdraw he would withdraw out blood and they would think that's the uh that's oh, the yeah. um that's the sick bit and that that'll do so but letting uh, but i went to the barber uh this, this week and um i said to the barber but i have a number two and uh, he said no uh toilets for customers only <laughs> Of it. But I did go to the. I did go to the. No, you see, number two just, is slang for shit, isn't it? I'm. Just, oh right, I was just thinking. Yeah. It's like what yeah. your hair's like a bog brush. No, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, back to Roselette. Let's let's leave the uh, the barber shop alone. So, um, yeah. So she was having the ECT. Um, Rose's mother was having the ECT while pregnant, and uh, I've seen videos of the um of the uh, ECT being being administered on patients and they do really spasm and if you're pregnant and that's happening then surely it's not good for the child must, and, be, must uh, have been an absolutely top doctor that was doing that's <laughs> been a real 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 like real ahead of top of his class doctor wasn't he 
yeah, knew what he was doing, but um, yeah, but he produced a monster, the modern day Frankenstein. But yeah, so anyway, that's what happened when um, Rose's mother was um, pregnant. <clears throat> so after this, Rose herself grew up into a moody and precocious teenager, prone to daydreaming and performing poorly at school. So she was a div kid and also Fred as well. So so two two div kids we've got here. The remedial class. Yeah. Yes. I suppose that puts line to the theory that ah, oh, it's only the the smarties which turn into wrong uns. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that one about like uh, the serial killers being the high IQ ones. Then, well, Doctor Shipman was a doctor, wasn't he? So obviously he uh, he must have had some brain to do that. But uh... midwit. Well, he yep. made, well, uh, I suppose he was clever because it was a lot less work for him. He didn't have to hide the bodies, did he? He didn't. He didn't, no. have, didn't. Didn't have none of that digging in forests at night and that business, did he? He just left the body there. Didn't he? it was someone else to sort out? He never had to build a patio, did he? So. <laughs> there is uh, an argument. Um, there is an argument for uh, shipman working smarter, not harder. Yep. It can be. It can be looked at like that. Yeah. So, or put into a um, a support or a motorway. But that was a, the craze. We're doing things like that. So, because uh, of all the because of all the pictures there are, it says uh, Fred always wears a nice suit, though, doesn't he? He, he is a fan of a nice three piece suit, isn't he, old, old Fred? He does like his polyester blue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a sweater or a suit. So, yeah. oh, twenty five Cromwell Terrace and end of Terrace. Yes. There's Ooh, a that actually, could be nice. That bit of the building poking out on the right hand side of the um Fuck off. picture is uh, not you Ian. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was the truth. It was just a fly decided to land on my screen. There is up right now, there's the um there's the exploded the exploded view of twenty five Cromwell Terrace. So that's three three stories in a in a basement. Hmm. And that's where Fred exploded many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's but yeah, it's, a, it's a thin property, but it is four floors, and uh, you know they did uh, rent the top floor out, or maybe the second floor as well, because because uh, uh, to get money to pay the mortgage. But anyway, let's have a let's go back to the story. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Rose, Rose, back to Rose. So Rose's parents separated when she was a teenager. She lived with her mother and attended school for six months. Later, moving in with her father again and he had been abusing her and um, she moved back in with him so bit odd isn't it so she moved in with her father and at the age of 16 in Bishop's Cleeve near Cheltenham Gloucester with her and uh, her father who's severed paranoid schizophrenia was prone to extreme violence and repeatedly sexually assaulted her and also her other sister Patricia so you know pedo there isn't it Bit like Morris off the Enfield case. He was yeah. a dirty bastard. <laughs> I didn't like. Yeah, look at him. Look, way he's been acting there. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a recurring theme, isn't it? So yeah. So, on numerous occasions, at the age of thirteen, she would creep into her nine-year-old brother's bed at nightfall and molest him, and also her youngest brother Gordon. So, 
she was basically getting off with her brothers at this age, who were younger than her anyway. So, uh, Rose sexually assaulted Graham when he was 12 years old. So, you know, it's not right, is it? It was like, she was like a chubby, a chubby plain, uh, succubus, weren't she? Well, when she was younger, she wasn't bad, apparently. And, uh, don't like to say that, but, um, yeah, as she got older, she turned into a fat pig. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. mm. right. It's all right to say you're that she's a evil murder, evil murdering slime. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, okay then. So let's go back to the meeting between Rose and uh, Fred. So they met at a Cheltenham bus station, and Rose was initially repulsed by Fred's unkempt appearance, and she thought that he was a tramp. So, not a good first impression for Fred there. After time, though, Fred, uh, she became flattered by Fred's charm. So he had a bit of a gift of the gab about him. And, uh, and as time went on, he sat next to her at the, ba- next, at the same bus stop and uh, they started getting on better. She initially refused to go on a date with him, but uh, Fred quickly discovered that Rose had never had a boyfriend. Yeah, bullshit. And, um, but he also did do- discover that she was overly promiscuous. So she wanted it, basically. Overly p- that's, promiscuous. That's a, yeah, that's, I know. That's, that's, an that's quite an addendum, that, isn't it? <laughs> Are you overly promiscuous? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be, not now. <laughs> but anyway, let's see what we got. So that's what that's what the sort of girl she was. And Fred was kind of winning. He was. She was didn't didn't go out with him at that point. But uh, you know. He was probably making her laugh a bit and things like that. And so she was coming round to him. So after much persuasion, Rose gave in and agreed to go on a date with Fred. And from there, they embarked on a relationship. Rose became a frequent visitor to Fred's caravan and took a motherly role to his two children. So she's the, so she was the, the female figure he needed at that time. Plus, she was up for it. So there was that added bonus. Yeah, I kind of agree. She weren't bad looking when she was younger, was she, Rose? I'm just throwing looks at uh, pictures. Isn't yeah, you don't like to say that, though, do you? It's just no, for no. Jeff, actually, do you? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, put, the, uh, put, the, uh, put that picture up again. Uh, Which one? I'm just gonna, yeah, the, the, rose the Rose one when she was younger. Fred and Rose when they're on no, the. No, not that one. If I can. Hold on, I can. Oh, I think it's the black the and white ones, and then yeah. put settings, press re- reboot, and Just turn off the randomised playback. Anyway, have a look at that one, and then so um, anyway, after a few months of the relationship, Rose introduced Fred to her parents. So that was the pervert Bill Letts, and they were horrified at their daughter's choice of partner, as anyone would be, isn't it? So uh... not Fred. Yeah, he was such a nice man. I bet he was a good laugh, but uh, yeah, he, he didn't look after himself. Yellow teeth, dirty, you know, shit clothes, things like that. Yeah. Um, Got to remember though, at this time, Fred was uh, Fred was she was uh, Rose was fifteen, so Fred was seeing a fifteen-year-old girl underage. How old was Red, Fred, uh, Fred at that time? What, what year is this? He was about he was about ten years older. I think he was twenty-seven, something like that. Right. Okay. So he liked them young. So anyway, yeah. Um, I suppose they were easy, could, easier to control that way, weren't they? Mm. But yeah, so um, 
because of this situation, her father disapproved. Social services got involved because... Um, well, that's probably Rose not the only reason he... <laughs> He's nice. The dad's nose was out of joint, but we'll find out about that later, won't we? Exactly, yeah. But, you know, seeing this older man, she was 15, underage, she went into uh, um, she went into care. Obviously, it didn't last long because at 16, 16, you can come out of care. So, uh, placed in a home for troubled teenagers. Allowed She was allowed to visit her parents whilst in this home on the weekend and no doubt took a detour to Fred's filthy caravan and had it off with him as well. Nice. So, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like a like a really grim Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and it is very grim, isn't it? You know, so far what we've covered is uh, it's not what we want to be involved in and we're glad we're not him. Filthy slag. You muppet, you slag. You stay away from Phil Mitchell. Anyway, yeah. so. You ain't my mother. Let's have a look. Look after your family. You stay away from my family. Anyway, so on her 16th birthday, Rose left home and returned to her parents. At 16, you can leave the um, you know the children's home because you're an adult then. So returned to her parents. Fred was in jail at this time, th- serving a 30-day sentence for unpaid fines. Upon his release, Rose left her parents and moved into the flat where Fred, let, where, where, where Fred was living at the time in Cheltenham. Fred collected his two children from social services, and there they were, the family unit. Fred, Rose, and the two children living in a flat. Rose was once again placed into care in February 1970 after she was found to be pregnant. So if you're pregnant, obviously the... Uh, what was the age of consent case, back then? She was 16, wasn't she? Well, it would have been 16, but I think if you're pregnant and you're 16, there's a bit of a different... A different yeah. uh, approach to it so um, she was discharged on the 6th of March 1970 on the promise that she would terminate her pregnancy and go back to her parents she ignored <laughs> both of these things and moved back in with Fred <laughs> so they literally went you will terminate it won't you oh yeah I'll terminate it oh yeah <laughs> was that, yeah, was that, was that the conversation with... with the pl- oh yeah don't worry about it I'll do it I'll, I'll, I'll do it I'll do it tomorrow she was pissing herself when she walked out to that meeting. Yeah, right, I'm going to turn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. Yeah, I've done one on you, haven't I? So, <laughs> so that's what she did. So, yeah, so um, that's where we are there. She's back in with Fred now, 16. He's 20-odd, whatever, having a bit of that. Um so basically, two two months later, the children moved out of the caravan at last into a two-story house in Midland Road, twenty-five Midland Road, and uh, on he liked the number October, 20, was twenty-five his lucky number. Exactly, it's interesting, isn't it? I think there's an, another twenty-five. I haven't had much time on my hands this week, but I meant to look into it. But I think there, there was another twenty-five involved. A lot of twenty-fives here. <coughs> it's their number. So anyway, moved in there. October nineteen seventy, Rose gave birth. To their to their child, new child Heather. So that's where. Ah, uh, spe- there's yeah. speculation on the parentage of Heather Ann, though, isn't there? Yes, I um, I did read that. It's not been proved, but the way yeah. Rose's father carried on, he could have been the father of the child, um, which is lovely. Difficult to get your head around, really, isn't it? So yeah. the father impregnated the daughter. And then they had the child. As Bayer Ray says in the chat, remember this story if you ever disagree with eugenics in theory. 
<laughs> Do you disagree with the eugenics? <laughs> yeah, certainly not where this case is concerned. Yeah, I know. The child might. The child could have had uh, webbed feet or something like that. Yeah, yeah. One eye, isn't mm. it? Oh, I'm on the cider now. It's like warm. Ugh. Tesco own brand cider. Snake, snake bite in your tummy. Lovely. Uh, it's five percent. It's nice when it's cold, but uh, yeah, so it's a bit warm. But uh... no, that's the sort of stuff you want to drink with ice cubes. I, I know I've, I've imbibed sufficient amounts of. Doesn't, doesn't warm cider. cider get you drunk quicker? No, it's just you want to drink it down so that you don't have to go. Ugh, this is warm. It's sort of moderate, West. lukewarm. Yeah, so it's anyway, Fred, uh, Fred West, Fred West. Let's go Fred West. So then I'm two looking months at the later, slideshow here on YouTube. Two, yeah, so let's go two months later. So two months later, Fred was in prison for the theft of car tyres and a vehicle tax disc. Correct. And uh, during this time... How do you nick time... car tyres? Shouldn't that be car wheels? <laughs> no, you just eat... He had like the specific machine for taking uh, the tires off the wheels. He leaves them to have the wheels. <laughs> yeah, so that's where he was. Tax disc, tax disc theft, and car tires. So a bit harsh, isn't it? That sentence. Why didn't he just nick the car? I mean, he'd taken the tires and the fucking tax disc. Tax disc. He might as well have gone the whole hog, hadn't he? I mean, this is this. Well, it's, it would have been easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's look let's look at this scenario. So he was six and a half months in jail for tire tire theft um, and tax disc theft. So during this time, seventeen year old Rose was left to look after the three children. So she was seventeen, had three kids on her plate. What a what a what a mess. Well, um, you wonder what children... she was what was she doing for money as well? She she was on the game, I think, uh, and probably on benefits as well. Well, she would have been on benefits and uh, probably um, topping that up with the with her clients. So yeah, so during this time, with Fred was just in uh, not Fred with Rose was just in charge of the children. They were subjected to beatings and other forms of punishment uh, from Rose. So nice. the statistic. Lovely. Yeah, the statistic streak is get is getting uh, from what uh, Rose was into. Couldn't control is, the children. Is, so continue mm. continuity management then was <laughs> while Fred was away. Yeah, just give him a beating that'll shut him up. Yeah. So, um, uh, the a resident on the upper floor um, flat in the Midland Road building where the West were living, um, she. She went into the West flat unannounced, and, she, and what she saw was Charmaine, the child, undressed, stood on a chair with her hands uh, were bound by a belt, and she was gagged in the mouth. She also saw Rose stood alongside the child with a large wooden spoon in her hand, obviously dishing out a beating, and uh, this is quite, uh, you know, it looks like a quite a serious abuse situation going on there. So, you know, Rosa took it to the extreme with her punishments. Oh, have you seen this bit? Hospital, um, read, hospital records reveal Charmaine had received treatment oh. for a severe puncture wound to her left an ankle in the casualty unit of the Gloucester Royal Hospital on the 28th of March 1971. This incident was explained by Rose to have resulted from a household accident. 
Yeah, and there were there were quite a few household accidents over the years that the rest uh, the West children went to hospital to have treated. So, so you know, a violence, you know, abuse, incest, bestiality. It's all boiling up in it in this pretty disgusting pot that we don't want to look into. But, yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, um, from the chat, they're saying that two fingers in is a lovely cider. That's from Keeping It Vril. Okay. Two Fingers In. I've not heard of that one. You, you, you're not familiar with the Two Fingers In brand of drinks? No. I've never, oh, tried, I, I've never tried Two Fingers In. No. I'm, no, I'm on the Tesco apple cider, which I think would be all right if it was chilled, but I haven't uh, left it in the fridge long enough. You've got to watch out for the Three Fingers In. That's, that's when you know things are getting a bit too strong. Oh. Oh dear, I'll, I'll, I'll see myself. Oh, I think I, <laughs> I'm sure there's some four fingers in when we get into this story. <laughs> or if you use the uh, the four, the forefinger and the little finger, and you can carry out the stinger using that. So, boy. So anyway, let's have a look then. Murder of Charmaine, the child. Uh, so. Rose is believed to have killed Charmaine shortly before Fred's release from prison on the 24th of June 1971. Is there a dog in the building? She took Charmaine. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so she took uh, Charmaine, Anna Marie, and Heather to their first visit to uh, first on their first visit to Fred in prison on the 15th of June. Forensic evidence confirmed that Charmaine was killed while Fred was still in jail. So Rose denies the uh, ever being involved in this, but obviously that's one she can't get out of. Fred didn't kill the child, so someone must have, and that person must have been Rose. Charmaine's body was stored in the coal cellar of Midland Road until Fred was released, and then Fred buried Charmaine in the backyard. But there's more uh, than one like this that Fred couldn't. There's more than one that Fred couldn't have done, isn't there? I'm not sure. This is the main one out of the twelve confirmed cases. Um, this is the, I think this is the only one that, you know, that Fred couldn't have done. So he probably didn't do others, but, uh, you know, he's dead. Rose won't talk. So we're never going to know. So that's the, the situation we're in. Um, so that's, that's their first proper kill. Obviously Fred ran over the child in his ice cream van, but that was an accident. This was, uh, this was death. So. It goes to show that these two were a pretty toxic mix, weren't they? And um, you know, and uh, as I as we looked at their backgrounds, very similar backgrounds of abuse, you know, open open sexuality, bestiality in Fred's case, you know, pretty pretty messed up people. Uh, so that's what that's where we are. Charmaine is now dead. Um, so yeah, let's look at the uh, murder of Rena West. So he, the the uh, his first wife. Uh, this is the one he killed. So, Rena continued to stay in touch with Fred so that he, she could see the children. In August 1970, Rena visited Fred, likely to discuss custody of her daughters. And it's believed that Fred strangled Rena at this time. When Rena's body was discovered some years later, it had been extremely extensively dismembered and placed in plastic bags and buried in a place called Letterbox Field, which is near Fred's childhood. Are we going to talk about Fred's peculiarity, peculiarity later? Because there was there was something that Fred liked to do to the bodies, wasn't there? 
Um, oh, we've already said that... about that with Charmaine's body, haven't we? It's kneecap, what, what? kneecaps, finger, wrist, toe, and ankle uh, bones are missing. And I will give my joke a second out in this time. So yeah, he did like to take um, he did like to take mementos from the body, like <laughs> fingers, toes. He liked to to uh, take those bits and kneecaps as well. So um, from this, we know that Fred supported Black Lives Matter because he took the knee. <laughs> I used that one before. I'm surprised. You're so oh, I thought it was, was dealing with a noisy dog at that point. Oh right, okay. So, yeah. He also took the bladder out of the victims. The guy who was taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, you know the difference between Fred West and John West, don't you, Ian? Um, you told me earlier, but I've forgotten. John West takes the bones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he does. And Fred didn't. He left the bones where they were. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's what happened to Rose West. Um, so let's um, move on then to... Rena West. You just said that's what happened to Rose West. <laughs> so, yeah, whatever. This, this Tesco cider is, is doing it. Is it a good news? Oh, yeah. It's not bad. As I said, it's a bit warm. I wish they left it in the fridge a bit longer and it would be, uh, be quite nice. But anyway, okay. So after this then, after this, he killed his wife. She's gone and um, buried... And uh, so now he was free to marry Rose. So 29th of January, well, in his mind, technically it's bigamy, isn't it? <laughs> I think I think bigamy is the last of his worries. We can show that in the pot of <laughs> bestiality, incest, bigamy. whatever, whatever else they were doing. And uh, also def- definition, well. bi- definition of bigamy is just a, a bloke who makes the same mistake twice, yeah. isn't it? Well, it, yeah, it is. Yes. But, uh, yeah, bigamy, the guy should be ashamed of himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, God, has he got no morals? Yeah. So, um, anyway, 29th of January, 1972, Fred and Rose got married. So this was his... This Lovely, was, uh, wonderful. Yeah. Yep. Several months later, Rose was pregnant again with her second child. The couple moved from Midland Road, number 25, to... Number 25, Cromwell Street. Oh, about Fred the marriage. Uh, Fred incorrectly yeah. described himself as a bachelor on the marriage certificates. <laughs> that's, uh, again, that's one of these lesser crimes, though, isn't it? In the, in the, in the, in the scale just of things. Just a wrong and all round, doesn't he? He just, he's not, he, he just, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Fred, you said you were a bachelor. What if you... It's not a role, it's an obstacle. Yeah. <laughs> That was his approach to life. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, several months after their marriage, Rose was pregnant again with their second child. And uh, so they moved to uh, Cromwell Street, the famous address, the one we all know, which is no longer there. And um, Fred purchased the property from the council for £7,000. Nice. So if he was alive today, imagine the capital gain on that. Yeah. He'd be rolling in it. So to help pay the mortgage, many of the upper street upper floor rooms in the three-bedroom property were converted into bedsits. So they were renting it out to students, dossers, those kind of people. First of June, Rose gave birth to May, May West. In June, she gave birth to May. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
she was born i think she was born on the um first of it was like june may june may like that she was she was sort of born on the 31st of may first of stroke first of june that's why they give her that name so um shortly after giving birth rose went on the game entertaining customers in an upstairs room and advertising her services in cock mags fred encouraged rose to do this and rose also had casual sex both male and female with lodgers in the house and and also with fred's workmates well, this is all very Rose. this is all very equal opportunities, isn't it? The service in the West Indian community, um, women, animals. Is this? It's uh, it's current it's current year politics. Old Fred was going in for, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, basically, she was up for it, wasn't she? Yeah. Rose stated that Rose stated no man or woman could completely satisfy her, so Ooh, she was hard work. Fred. Fred couldn't satisfy. Fred wasn't very good at uh, satisfying women. And as we, as we come in. the definition of nymphomania is just the the woman is insatiable and uh, mm. uh, the people in the chat were mentioning about um, Fred pimping her out and uh, that he had a um, a camera installed into the ceiling to record it all. That's right. We can look at that shortly. But first, mm. the cider has caught up on, on of, with me. I'll be I'll be back. I'll, I'll, do talk I'll do some chat then. Son of yeah. Uh, Butcher Line says that feeling when no girlfriend, girlfriend yet Fred West could get one. He got more than one, mate. He had a whole entourage of them. <laughs> well, it just goes to show if you want a girlfriend, become a serial killer and then they'll fuck to you <laughs> like flies. <laughs> be a nice guy like Fred. Yeah, just got to be, be a nice guy. Wear a polyester free piece suit and you'll be yeah, fine. Based. Look like you've been touched by the brush. Hmm. Oh. oh, excuse me. It's been uh, it's been one of those days. I was just muted because I was opening the can. Um, oh, yeah, we haven't even got to the fun stuff yet, have it? No, no. Sorry, I'm I'm a bit out of sorts. It's been um, it's been a rough few days. So, discombobulated, yeah. I have it. Oh, I'm really out of sorts at the moment. I'm I'm, I'm still fucked off about the internet but at least i've got it and touch word i'm touching words as we speak but i think i've figured out the problem with my computer it's just still a... by a ray why so... does fred west keep reminding me of dave list <laughs> i don't think he means that dave... he, he does look a bit like him doesn't he <laughs> it's it's craig charles the son of fred west oh yeah, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. With Red Dwarf and Dave Lister, I always just thought he was a dirty space tramp. But then well, I that's what you know Craig the channel Charles Dave. On... That's name after Dave Lister. I I did wonder about that. Yeah, it but is. I mean the thing is, is I um because I was watching uh, Robot Wars or Coronation Street, and I saw Craig Charles, and I was like, wait, he's not dirty; he's just brown. I was yes. very disappointed. <laughs> We're not going to get demonetized again, are we? Uh, we're always <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, so were we halfway through the prostitution? I think. Um, we? I don't know. They, she was on the game, and that's what she was doing. Um, where were we anyway? I can't remember. Was, uh, we were. She was. So she went on the game to um, get some extra cash. Yeah, it um, says it, the thing. This thing I'm reading here said uh, 
When engaging with sexual relations with women, Rose would gradually increase the level of brutality to which she subjected her partner, with acts such as partially suffocating her partner and certainly increasingly large dildos in the partner's body. If the woman resisted or expressed any pain or fear, this would greatly excite Rose, who would typically ask, aren't you woman enough to take it? I wonder if they ever use a double-ended dildo. Oof. Oh, I hope they were sanitising them after they'd fit. Oh, I bet they never even cleaned them, did they? I doubt it, no, in these people. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so, she like men and women. I do kind of wonder with the Fred and Rose West thing, whether it was a bit like the the Brady Hindley thing, where... um, where the woman was actually the one that was driving it, because we, because the more the more we read about the Hindley Brady, Brady thing, Hindley was definitely in charge of that relationship, wasn't she? Um, I don't know. I, I think it would. Rose was in charge of this relationship, but I think, um, from what I know of the Moore's murder case, um, Brady was probably always in charge. I would think. Obviously, having the woman with the man can help the uh, no, victim. For, well, but, yeah. Well, but I was of the same opinion until we went through the case, and it appears that that Brady was very much the. I think he introduced her to the murder, but then after that, she was in charge of it. It definitely seemed that way mm. because she cut off contact from him in prison, not the other way around. She wasn't yeah. infa- infatuated with him at all. It was it was quite strange, actually. I think in in out of prison, yes, but in prison she was she had a different agenda. She was probably looking after herself and um, was hoping for some kind of release at some point. She never got it. But uh, so that, but, but when they had the relationship out of prison, when they were killing people, I, I think Brady was, I thought Brady was more in charge, really. She was willing to take part in certain things, but I don't think she actually killed anyone. Brady did that. She would get involved in the abuse. But uh, anyway, she's dead now anyway. So that's good. Ah. Ah. Oh, it's just dropped his mic. I'm sorry, sorry. I was just like, if I put it there, then it'll be good because I'm having to hold it all the time. And it's supposed to be a lapel mic, but if I put it on my lapel like so, then it sounds all muffled. So it really needs to be here, doesn't it? Yeah, that sounds better. I know. That's clear. I tell you what, this 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 microphones for racist charity needs to pull up, step up their game, and you know. I mean, there's, there's still, there's still emergency like, one sending, doesn't he? Yeah, there's still, you know, hobbits and, and others, co-hosts who, who just sound all muffled and it's rubbish. And, mm. you know, I'm we, cutting we, off all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even when they interject, it's nothing to do with the show or anything. It's just useless. Just bullshit. Yeah. I know. I wouldn't stand for it. So I'm yeah, sat down. Get rid of them, isn't it? Don't, don't, uh, don't give them the chance. <laughs> but anyway, okay, now let's go back to Fred West. Uh, uh, so, um, let's go. So, yeah, so Rose was into a bit of both. Yeah, she liked uh, men and women. She liked to uh, bat for both sides. Yeah, she she played for Manchester United and Manchester City. <laughs> that yeah. was what kind of woman she was. Yeah. What so, uh, tell me she both batted and fielded. It yeah. was a pitcher and catcher, as the Yanks would say. She was playing for both Leicester and Yorkshire. Look, yeah. Dirty scrub. She, she was playing for Everton and Liverpool. She liked EastEnders and Coronation Street. 
But let's oh, get on with this. It's been greedy. Yeah, well, get what you can, isn't it? That's what this is all about. It's a it's a mm. tale of selfishness. So anyway, let's look at this then. So Rose would dike it up with these women, and um, Fred would regularly take part in threesomes with with his wife and her lovers. Dirty and they took, I know you got him. You know, can't blame him, can you? Get a bit of a three way action. So. They took particular pleasure in taking these women to their sexual limits, offering often involving bondage. Yeah? So, uh, like to push them a bit of suffocation, yeah. um, the sort of thing that killed Michael Hutchins, wanking. You know that one, wanking from um, the door. And yeah. um, uh, what's his name off of Kung Fu? He did that as well, didn't he? I'm not sure of the Kung Fu one, but Michael Hutchins is the most well-known. Oh, David Carradine. Death. David Death. Carradine did the same thing. A death wanker. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, back on with this. Um, the West openly admitted taking pleasure from any form of sex involving dominance, pain, and violence to cater for the fetishes. They amassed a large collection of bondage and restraining devices, magazines, and photographs depicting bestiality, like Fred used to do, and graphic child abuse, like oh. they were both were. Yeah, that's probably what they, homemade. That's what I should imagine. Wouldn't surprise me. That's, uh, you can get anything online these days, though. Um, um, anyway, so um, um, the room that Rose used to entertain her clients had several peepholes that Fred would watch Rose with her clients while so, pleasuring himself. Someone in himself. chat said as well there was a camera artexed into the ceiling as well or something. More than likely, but Fred would stand there pleasuring himself whilst watching. That's what it, that was his one of his things. He was a voyeur, 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 a voyeur. So yeah, so that's uh, you know this is where they're at now. You know it's just escalating, isn't it? This whole thing. By 1977, Rose's father, Bill, by this time had come tolerant of Fred, and they opened a cafe together, which was soon uh, insolvent. Which was so, called the Green not, Lantern. The <laughs> Green Lantern. Yeah. Don't know if it was named after the uh, after the Ryan Reynolds movie. I don't know, but. <laughs> or the one with uh, the one with Bruce Lee. So. Oh yeah, that, no, that's the uh, that's mm. the Green Hornet. Was it? Not up on my superheroes. Ah oh, right, okay. but uh, yeah, no, I've got a girlfriend, so I don't. Not <laughs> um, yeah. all, all computer, all computer games. So yeah, so anyway, anyway, so that's what happened with their their business. When Bill found out that Rose was on the game. He then would have sex with her, his own daughter. Oh, so, Jesus. You know, yeah, exactly. Did he, get, know, fa- did he get a family discount? That's, that's the yeah. question. Oh. <laughs> well, he could have made deposit to her. Oh. Best, that's the best I can come up with. I, I, I'll try and think of something else. But Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's probably the that's worst I got joke I can make. Is that the worst joke? All right, we'll think of something better as time goes on. Yeah. Well, 1983, 1983, Rose had given birth to eight children, at least three of which was conceived by her clients on the game. So there we go. So, you know, messed up family, big family, loads of kids, whatever, you know. When the children reached the age of seven, they were assigned a number of daily chores to perform in the house. They weren't oh, allowed to socialize. Oh, I've got an addendum to the... Uh, given I got an addendum to the uh, to the uh, gave birth to eight children. So Fred willingly accepted these his own. Falsely informed them the reason their skin was darker than that of their siblings was because his great mother, great grandmother, was black. 
Are you telling me that Fred West is doing a Sargon of a card? Yeah, he, he, he was done. He done did a lie to those poor little children. What a, what a bad what? man! What does a Sargon of a card? Does a Sargon of a card say he's got a black grandmother or something there? East, yeah, he oh, he does. Claims he's, he claims his quadroon. Imagine if Mark Collette had one. You'd <laughs> mm. kill himself, wouldn't he? <laughs> by a race, by a race, done, done the joke in Fred West of a card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Only in this show would you get a joke like that. There's some good jokes going on. Yeah, good stuff in there. Anyway, okay then. Let's uh, let's try and push forward. We 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 we're, we haven't even covered the uh, murders yet. So anyway, let's have a look at what we got. So um, yeah, they was you know so basically they were they were given work to do the house. They weren't allowed to socialize with friends, and you know any any sort of failure to do to comply to these rules was resulted in physical violence by Fred or Rose. Uh, the violent punishments were usually carried out by Rose, occasionally by Fred. Between 1972 and 1992, the West children were admitted to A&E Department of Local Hospitals 31 times, and all the injuries were explained by accidents in the house. Never was this reported to social services. It's just like falling down the stairs. Yes. Uh, that, that's that's a reference going back to one which Hemi, I'm surprised, hasn't picked up on. What's that? It's just like falling down the stairs. Yeah, it is, yeah. I fell down the stairs, and halfway down, my trousers fell out, and my daughter yeah. was bending down at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, that it was one. an accident, Your Honour. Fell backward on a, on a cucumber as I was changing a light bulb. So, yeah. Okay, then, so... Um, even Fred now, at this point, Rose was getting more dominant in the relationship, and Fred became a recipient of Rose's violence, and on one occasion chased him with a carving knife. So um, she was even more psycho than he was. So they were made for each other, the couple. Um, September 1972, the West Hart led eight-year-old Anne-Marie into oh, the there's cellar. Oh, there's an of, incident from 74. Yeah. On here, yeah. Uh, so right. that's so on on one occasion in nineteen August nineteen seventy four, Rose chased after Fred with a carving knife in her hand. Fred was able to slam the door shut of the room into into which he'd run as Rose lunged at him with a knife, resulting the knife embedding itself in the door and three of Rose's fingers sliding down the blade, almost severing them from her hand. In response, Rose calmly wrapped her hand in a towel and said, "Look what you look what you've done! Look what you've done, feller! You've got to take me to the hospital now." Jesus yeah, so, Christ, there's something wrong with those people, isn't there? <laughs> We've always known that, but we're going to look into yeah. and see um, see more of their messed up shit that they get up to. But anyway, as uh, going on to that one, though, uh, 72, um, yeah, so eight-year-old Anne-Marie, their daughter, led into the cellar, and she was ordered to undress. She was then bound to a mattress and gagged, and then was raped by Fred and... This was being egged on by Rose. After the rape, Rose explained that this was normal to the daughter and it was a father's job to do this. So this has got... Um, yeah, but the thing is, very... though, the thing is, Rose probably actually thought that was, considering her upbringing. Fred definitely did. And yeah. uh, his mother did that to him. So, 
the, the, all these Christ. things are sort of tying in. So, yeah. Um, the daughter was threatened with violence, should she say anything about what had happened. So, so yeah. A messed up affair. So, um, let's move on. Karen Owens was uh, one of their first not not victims, but they tried. Um, she's quite well known. She's dead now, actually, but if you watch a, a Cromwell Street documentary, she will often uh, crop up. Um, so, 1972, the West hired 17-year-old Caroline Owens as their children's nanny. She moved into 25 Con Con Cromwell Street, sharing a room with Anna Marie, who she said was very withdrawn, obviously because of the abuse that she was going through continually. Um, she started to notice strange things going on in the house, a steady stream of men, Rose's clients. Rose explained this by saying that she was a masseuse, and these were her friends, for the, uh, her clients for that. Obviously, she was on the game, and she was giving them one. So Fred told her that he was a skilled abortionist and was available if Caroline ever needed such a service. She had said this; he'd done this for other women, and they were delighted with the service and would offer him sexual services as re as a reward obviously game yeah buttering caroline up wasn't he, he was gonna try and get off with it a ride for uh, a when ride. Fred... <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah take him for a ride so yeah. like uh like um like prince harry he's been taken for a ride isn't he oh blimey so. you've seen his latest hostage yeah. video oh christ <laughs> christ almighty <laughs> Yeah. Every day, my captives are treating me well. <laughs> I will say what I'm told. Yeah. But anyway, so all right. Um, so anyway, eventually Fred tried it on with Caroline. He had to. So um, and at that point, she left Cromwell Street and returned home. Knowing Owens had a habit of hitchhiking on the A40 between Cinderford and Tewkesbury. The West planned to abduct her and rape her. So obviously, you know, obviously she shouldn't have uh, got in the car with her, but uh, she yeah. did. 6th of December, 1972, the West lured Owens into the car. God, she must have been stupid. And Rose sat on the back seat with Caroline and started to feel her up, having a good feel, you know, all over, tits and all that, yeah. So Caroline protested. Fred stopped the car, called her a bitch, and punched her unconscious. So then they tied her up and uh, brought her back to 25 Cromwell Street. Jesus fucking so. Christ. How did these people get away with this shit? It's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, it was the 70s. Anything goes. Um, yeah. In a subsequent police statement, Owen stated that at Cromwell Street, she was given a dry cup of tea to drink. Again, she was gagged and subjected to prolonged sexual assault from Fred and Rose. At one stage, Fred remarked that Owen's clitoris was unusual. She then lashed at he then lashed at her genitals with a leather belt. Ah. When Owen screamed, Rose again smothered her with a pillow, Oof. further restrained her about the neck, and performed cunnilingus on her. Quickly realizing the gravitation of the situation, uh, Owens ceased resisting their sexual assaults. That is what went on there. So. They had this woman in her, their their power, and they were doing whatever they liked to her. Pretty vile, eh? Yeah. The following morning, having noticed Owen screamed, where one of the children had knocked on the, the door of the room in which she was being restrained. Fred threatened that 
he and his wife would keep her locked up in the cellar. It's like, it's, his, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, isn't it? Like no, locked up with this like, horrible family. Exactly. Being with Leatherface. Yeah. So Fred said he would allow his black friends to abuse her and that when they had finished, he would bury the body beneath the paving stones of Gloucester. So that was uh, what was to come, wasn't it? Fred then claimed he had killed hundreds of young girls, adding that Owens had primarily been brought to the house for Rose's pleasure. He and Rose then calmly asked Owens whether she would consider returning to work as their nanny. Seeing her escape avenue, Owens agreed and vacuumed the house to indicate her belief that she was coming, becoming an extended member of the family. Later that day, Owens escaped uh, from a laundrette she and Rose had entered and returned home. Although initially too ashamed to divulge the information to her mother as to what happened, her mother noted that the bruises on her body and exposed um, tissues on her daughter's body burst into tears and confided in what had happened. So, that was their first victim, and she got away. She had told everyone what had gone on. That's so, amazing. it is. It's quite an ordeal, and uh, she got away. So, she... Um, so anyway, Owen's mother immediately reported the daughters a deal to the police, and the rest were the West were arrested and charged with assault, indecent assault, actual body harm, and rape. The case was tried at Gloucester's Magistrate Court on the January 1973, uh, but by this date, Owens had decided she could not face the ordeal of testifying in court. All charges perpetrated to a sexual abuse were dropped, and the rests agreed to plead guilty to the reduced car charges of indecent assault and causing actual body harm. Each was fined £50, and the couple were allowed to walk free Good old British justice, justice in action. There we eh? go. Good old British Got justice. away with it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so they got away with it. So, again, this was, Fred was getting away, he got away with a lot over the years, and this was uh, just more... More I mean, I mean ironically of... enough, the only thing he didn't get away with was stealing tyres and a tax disc. It's, I mean, he did more time for stealing tyres and a tax disc than he did for anything else he did, didn't he? Yep. Shagging his sister, shagging yeah. a pig, yeah, almost killing this woman. Yeah, yeah. it was... Uh... But clearly, by this stage, they were in it together. Three months after the West assault trial, the couple committed their first known murder. The victim was 19-year-old Linda Goff, by whom Fred and Rose had become acquainted with through a mail lodger in early 1973. Goff regularly visited Cornwall Street and engaged in affairs with two male lodgers. So she was having a three-term. Three's up, spit and roast, whatever you want to call it. That was what was going on there. April the 19th. Wasn't, wasn't there as well something about um, he used to make taped masks for people, didn't he, or something? Yeah, it's a duct tape. It's sort of a bondage thing, isn't it? It's a bondage yeah. mask, uh, you know. Um, so basically uh, improvising a, that kind of mask. I've actually seen a bondage mask um, uh, with a dildo attached, like a like a unicorn's horn. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah, yeah, I've actually seen that online. <laughs> Not that I was looking. I, yeah, course, I wasn't looking it was for online. it. All right, we believe you, Ian. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was definitely online. I was, looking, that. I, was looking for, I was looking for unicorns online, and that turned up, so... The unicorn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so. 
So you can sit on the head and have that in you if you want, if that's your thing. <laughs> Why Ray wants to know, is there such a thing as a decent assault? <laughs> a decent no, assault? Well, I think it's like if you, what if you do a clean, clean up a ch- cut to someone's jaw and knock them out the first go. But you know they they'll never compliment you to sell oh, that was a really clean assault there, very <laughs> very well connected, decent. But I mean, I want to say that what Ian's saying about the the bondage available is like oh, is it, but the problem is it doesn't even phase me because I just have you ever seen it? It's like uh, pictures from pride parades and there's one of dildo man. He just he walks around in bondage gear and he's got all these dildos stuck to him. Yes, I've seen that picture. Yeah, yeah. They're just like you and I. I've not seen just that like picture. Oh, you're not missing much. Is it like a hedgehog? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> like a hedgehog. Like like the kind of hedgehog you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to find in your garden. <laughs> Anyway, all right, okay, so where are we? So, um, yeah, so they've, um, Linda Goth, okay, she's uh, moved into the house, uh, and, uh, okay, she was putting around with the uh, other guys in the house, and um, and then she um, disappeared. So, obviously, there's been some, uh, Fred and Rose have had their way with her and disposed of the body. Um when Goff's dismembered body was found, the jaw was completely wrapped in adhesive tape and surgical tape to silence her screams. So there we are. It was like the tape mask. Yeah, and two oh. small tubes. Yeah. Two small tubes had been inserted into the nasal cavities to allow breathing. So again, we're getting into Michael Hutchins territory here, aren't we? Yeah. So, um Long sections of string and sections of knotted fabric were also discovered with her remains. She'd been tied up. And uh, it says Goth had likely been suspended from holes carved into the the wooden beam supporting the ceiling of the cellar. And Fred later admitted that he devised for her for the he devised this for the purpose of suspending victims' bodies. Oh. A bit like the butcher's hook. Butcher's Hook in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very, uh, thing, very you know. industrious fellow, wasn't he? Old he was. Frederick. He was a workaholic. So, so that's what we had there. That was uh, that murder. Um, later investigations, police and forensic experts concluded that victims found in the cellar at 25 Conwell Street had been murdered in this location and that, like Goth, each had been dismembered in this location five five Again, victims were murdered kneecaps, kneecaps and weird bones missing they never found the kneecaps and stuff did they he took the knee so i respect him for that and uh, his <laughs> belief wow even back then he was progressive and uh yeah. understood the plight of people like george floyd so wow fred rest supports black lives matter <laughs> what well is uh his wife did anyway, so as you can see from some of their children. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so anyway, um, five victims were murdered and buried in the cellar at Cromwell Street between November 1973 and April 1975. The first of these victims, 15-year-old Carol Ann Cooper, was abducted on 10th of November. Carol lived near the Pines Children's Home in Worcestershire and was abducted after spending the evening at the cinema with her boyfriend. She had been waiting for a bus, and when she, and then she had vanished. It was likely dragged into Fred. She was dragged into Fred's car, 
where her face was bound with surgical tape and her arms bound with braiding cloth before she was driven to Cromwell Street at the West's address. Cooper was suspended from the wooden beams of the cellar before her abuse and murder. So yeah, there we does, are. It does make you wonder who joined in the abuse. I mean, was it literally just Fred and Rose? Or were there other people that were in this little... Was there a little click? Well... Fred's on. brother did kill himself, and he he was one of his brothers was uh, also into this. But before anything, before anything was dug up, before he could be investigated, he killed himself. So obviously, he had been up to something as well. Yeah. So that's what we have. Uh, yes. So let's let's move on. Over the following seventeen months, four further victims, aged between fifteen and twenty-one, suffered a similar fate that endured as to that endured by Goff and Cooper. Although the disarticulated conduct... I've got the full uh, list from The Sun. So uh, December 1973, Lucy Partington. She was a Uh 20-year-old medieval English student at XDC University. She left a friend's house in a rush to get the last bus from Cheltenham to Gretton on 27th December. With With it believed she was abducted from the bus stop. Uh, she was found more than 20 years later, a dismembered body. Uh, we've got uh, Therese Siegenthaler, a 21-year-old Swiss psych- sociology su- student. Uh, she plunged hitchhike to Ireland in, 19- in Easter 1974. Um, Shit, prosecution those believes she was abducted before being killed, with Fred West later building a fake chimney over a grave. He did. He he built. That was. He extended his house. Uh, the so, um, and that was for the purpose of putting bodies underneath the extension. So then you've got Shirley Hubbard, who was fifteen. Tell me when you're gonna. Who's who's the one you're gonna pick up with? Um, that was no. Carry on with the. Let's just run because we are running out of time. Yeah, now. Yeah. Let's just run through the. Um, Shirley Hubbard was fifteen. Uh, Juanita Mott. Summer of 1974, she moved into Cromwell Street, but later went missing when she was living in Newant. Shirley Robinson, the first victim buried outside the house. Robinson had an affair with Fred West, and by autumn 1977, she was pregnant with West's child. Do you think it's kind of weird that none of the women he had an affair with were buried inside the house? Inside the grounds, because she was the first victim buried outside the house. Do you think that was kind of Rose's insistence or something like that? It could have been never confirmed, though. Yeah, Um, yeah, I can't confirm it, but it just seems like strange, doesn't it? Yes, yes, there could be something in it, but as he's dead, we'll never know. So So Alison Chambers, the last murder with a sexual motive established. Uh, she she appeared just before her seventeenth birth disappeared just before her seventeenth birthday, having been seen at twenty five Cromwell Street throughout the summer. So then, uh, so then we go on to Heather West. This is the beginning of the end, isn't it, for the Wests? Yeah, that that was, was it their Heather's daughter, disappearance. Which... Was that the one? Uh, yeah. So w- with that one, because uh, Heather was a bit rebellious and um, a bit mouthy. Um, they were they were scared that um, other people would uh, she might you know say what's happened in the house she might say this to other people, so they had to deal with her, which they did, and um, buried her under the patio, and that's where the family uh, the family joke comes from. If you don't behave yourself, you'll end up like end up like Heather under the patio, 
Because it was because if I remember the news stories at the time correctly, it was it started with a missing <laughs> child, didn't it? So that must have been Heather West, then, wasn't it? Mm, it was. Yeah, they said there was one police, uh, well, one detective who was they knew there was something wrong with the case, and um, they wanted to know where Heather was. And Fred was saying she's, uh, you know, moved away. She's moved to Wales with a lesbian partner. She was working for a drug cartel. You know, yeah. anything really. And she, they were really following this up. And when the children were in care, one of the times they were sort of saying to each other, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, yeah, do if that, you'll end up whatever, the, you'll end up like Heather. This yeah. was overheard. This was overheard, and uh, you know, social services read something into this. There was, there was something odd going on here, and it's a pretty macabre thing for children to uh, joke about. And it was followed up from there, basically. The one detective in the um, who was obsessed with the case, really, and rightly so in the end. Um, the rest of the police weren't interested in following this up, but she really pushed for it to dig up tw- the uh, the patio of 25 Cromwell Street, and then that's when the uh, evidence started to appear as to what happened, and Fred got was in... Uh, Fred has some explaining to do after that. So it's all there, yeah. Uh, some people say that Fred was a devil worshipper. I did find a blog post on it. I don't want to say that's all good. No, no, that's very anti-Semitic. We won't have any of those sorts of allegations <laughs> on this show. <laughs> uh, where's this? It, do, it does kind of ex- fit in devil worshipping, extreme sex. So yeah, the know, knee that's... and the knee and the bones thing is definitely weird. Well, it's not this. It's common for serial killers to keep something of their, uh, something of their victims. So, right, a so, bone, a so there's, a, there's a renowned Irish author called Jim Cairns, and he says uh, all the West victims had had a finger or toe bones missing. A common trait in occult clinic killings known as the magic hand. He also revealed the drinking counter the couple had built in the infamous House of Horror home was named the Black Magic Bar. Uh, yeah, the murders reek of human sacrifice with powerful connections. Because it's weird that they're allowed to go on so long with it, isn't it? Because they must have, they the, the local police must have known what must have had some idea what what was going on inside that house, mustn't they? What? So you think they had friends in high places? Yeah. Or but, a bit too thick to be the sort that would. The social services as well, they should have really picked up on this. There was especially with the, the hospital visits, visits, thirty-one hospital visits from the same family having domestic I mean, accidents. If uh, a more recent thing of baby piece uh, murder was anything to go by, social services they might be aware of it, but they don't do anything to stop it. Uh, so what else have we got it? So it says here. So the, the, so this guy also believes that Fred Fred West committed suicide in ninety five, after believe after being threatened by high ranking members of the government who feared exposure. His brother, who was himself suspected of being involved in the murders, also later killed himself. It's alleged that Fred told one of the journalists that he was covering for others. It's a bit like the Epstein case, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it could, it's it just. I th- I think if you, I mean, the police must have known it was a. May, maybe maybe police police officers were going to the to the. Well, that's that's one of the things Fred would say is that you know. 
I can tell you police officers have been visiting my wife. <laughs> so he knew, yeah. you know. But it never came to anything because he killed himself eventually. I could never give names. Yeah, maybe, exactly. And, maybe, and Rose isn't talking either, is she? No. Maybe Cressida Dick uh, visited Rose on a couple of occasions. Well, she'd have been the right age. Mm. For some woman-on-woman action. Uh, so to yeah. come... Yeah. So to counteract what I've just said, there's a Dr. Peter Maxwell Stewart, who's, who's an academic at St. Andrews University in Scotland, specialist historian in the study of medieval witchcraft. So he says, the idea of the magic hand was grounded in 16th century witchcraft history. Most of the talk about modern witch, witchcraft, witchcraft in the occult is a load of twaddle. He said, I think it's I think it unlikely that Fred Mess was a member of Coven because he doesn't fit the bill of the modern Coven member who are usually environmentalists. I don't know, he did do a fair, a fair bit of recycling, though, didn't he? Uh, the, magic hand, the Magic Hand does have some foundation in witchcraft history. However, it dates back to the 16th century, but it refers to the cutting off of an entire hand, not just fingers and toes. You know, to me, this sounds like damage control. Like, oh, he's definitely not one of us. Please stop scrutinising us. Please just, yeah, we're nice, normal people. We care about the earth. We're really hippies. But yeah, well, it also says he does also say, but there are also reports of witches grinding down the fingers or toes or of sacrifices to make to make powder for the use of their spells or potions. Isn't that basically Chinese medicine? You know, grinding up bones of children for boners and baldness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and grinding up uh, rhino horns as well is a aphrodisiac. Oh yeah, the rarer it is, the more of an aphrodisiac it is. It's like, oh yeah, let's snort this like injured yeah. dodo. That'll get me hard. Uh, oh, yeah, that's just the fetish of the Chinese. And it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. It works. Oh, so here we go. There's a Professor Michael Brooks that thinks that uh, Rose was the driving force in the West murders. Over time, she did become that. Um, initially, no, Fred was the one who was into it or introduced her into it. And uh, as time went on, she became more the dominant force. Yeah. But that weren't an article, that was a video. Uh, right then, so what else have we got in it? What else have I found in it? Uh, I'll find another, another blog talking about the ritualistic um, murder of these. Yeah, because it's like, because he seems to have taken these girls to the edge of terror before he killed them as well, didn't he? What to maximise the adrenochrome he could mm. That's yeah. what he got. What got him going in? Or yeah, the so edge I, of suffocation. This just, this just recycles the same same report from that other guy. Oh, after her arrest, the police suggested to Rosemary West that she'd become fascinated by Linda Goff's interest in black magic and Satanism, which led them to torture and humiliate the victims as part of a ritual in which other people who shared their views participated. It's quite possible, because I, I think a couple of speds living in a house together wouldn't have got away with this for as long as they did. We've seen, though, how the police do conduct uh, investigations and how incompetent they can be, as with the Sutcliffe case. So uh, I just think it's one of those things that um, police weren't interested in social services. Yeah. Uh, useless anyway, so... They were, they were able to do it. Yeah, there As is a kind of... It's a, a cock-up or conspiracy theory, isn't it? But, you know, the children, you know, they were 
go into hospital, they were seen with bruises on them. You know, unless someone reports this, then, then it's not going to get followed up. They were too scared to say anything. So um, it just went on like that for years. Uh, I do have a, while we're on the woo-woo theme, I do have a couple of bits of... Uh, so this is, uh, this is Fred talking about Rena's spirit. Right, it's not fucking work. Rena come fucking straight into me, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was somebody else. This feeling of bodies coming out of the ground, and I didn't know I had that. But with Rena, I mean, I tried to hold it until I could get back to the cells. But I mean, halfway back, I just had to let go. I mean, I got such an experience when Rena came up into me at that field. I mean, that was somebody else. I mean, I never gone through anything like that in my life. And she had this smile on her face and an arms in my mind there with her, you know, mixed up with her. I, I mean, and as Rena went away and sort of stayed there. And, and for the life of me, I couldn't think who the heck Anne was. I mean, I said, after I said, I've got a name Anne in my mind all the time. And the clue it is, so I, I, you know, and then, of course, that night it all came back to me. I mean, I went and sat on the step, lit the fag, and I mean, I felt terrible. Yeah, really felt ill. And I went to put me hand, to put me in my hand like that. And suddenly I came in between it, and I more or less pushed her into the head. And, and I knew it was, you know, straight away. So I, I got in touch with everybody to get everybody there, you know, because, I found her. I've also got one more clip where he's talking about mm -hmm. spirits again. There's a couple of times he spoke spoke about this. Hello. Hi there. I'm not, yeah, I'm still here, aren't I? Yeah, of course I am. I'm here. I'm here. As am I. What's that, Hobbit? I had to. I you, took you five, doesn't Emmy was saying something, but I completely spazzed out. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing music. Can you, can you not hear the bits I'm playing? I, the last one was very faint, which is this one, the, when the ghosts are coming up into him. Where he, That's when the, the spirits um, are going up into him and there's the one yeah. flying around the room. No, that's. I can't hear that too clearly. I'll have to listen to the podcast to hear this. Mm. No, I'm not getting anything from that. Do you know? No, sorry, man. No, it's it, it it's not working. But anyway, the, back on the podcast. Yeah, and we you can look it up on you on YouTube anyway. There's loads of uh, clips of him talking about this. Oh, Ian, no need to. I mean, these guys, if they're subscribed to the Fourteen Words uh, uh, podcast, then you'll be able to hear what Spreaker, Anchor FM, all all the good shops, uh, Spotify, Spotify, yeah. Apple, all of them, yeah. Tesco's, Twitter. Pornhub. What do you think to the think to the what do you think to the the theory that the, you know his his um, so called magic powers? Then do you think that's all a load? Do you think it's a load of nonsense? Him just talking crap or him being mental or what? Ian. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. 
But I think, uh, yeah, if he, if he, yeah, I think it was more to do with him being mental. If you can, if these powers do exist, then um, I would think other people are more likely to have them than him. But, yeah. uh, you know, the fact that he was mad, that was obvious. So yeah. if he was to say that, yeah, if someone more reliable was to say it, like, uh, you know. I am willing to believe he had some sort of paranormal gift mm. because the way he was able to do all these murders and rapes without the police just, you know, instantly saying, well, we've spoken with the social services. You're obviously noncing your kids. Mm. Yeah, but he was able to shut them up. And the same with his victims. You know, the, the, the victims he chose were young, vulnerable women who had been through some kind of trauma, had left home, had run away or, from home. Or just so, extremely naive. Mm. And you know, uh, run away from home, got no money, gone on the game. No one should give us a you know, they're not they're not going to be missed. And Cromwell Street was like that with with lodgers coming and going, very transient. So, uh, so yeah. you know, um, just going to, going to some of the grim stuff. I've got the death. I found there's an article from the Independent about the death masks. So uh, where are we first? So, Alison Chambers, 16, was discovered with a leather belt fastened around her skull while a knotty cloth square folded and rolled in to form a loop was found next to the skull of Teresa Sigenthaler, 21. Lucy Partington, 21, had two pieces of woven cord. Fucking adverts keep moving the text while I'm trying to read it. You need to get an ad blocker, Hemi. Yeah, I think I need to put one on my Chrome. Uh, so she had two pieces of woven cord-type material knotted together below her jaw, and Juanita Mott, 18, was discovered with a band of fabric passing under her jaw and around the back of her head and a plastic-covered rope wrapped, wrapped around other bone, bones. A ring mask of a, adhesive tape was found near the skull of Linda Goff, 19, and Carol Cooper, 15, was discovered with an elasticated cloth band around the low part of her skull, which had been wound, wound round her jaw and the back of her head. Uh, there were no masks on Heather West or Shirley Robinson, whose remains were found at 25, or on those of Charmaine West, daughter of Mr. West's first wife, Rena, discovered at their previous home, mm. Midland Road. Does that suggest that some of these were kind of impulse murders then? Mm. I think the uh, Charmaine, I would think, was. Rose was 17, looking after three kids. Fred was in jail. Yeah. You know, the kids were, the kids were playing up. She loses her temper. Being unstable herself, she goes too far and kills the, kills the child. So yeah. it has happened in other cases. What happened in Heather West's murder? Do you think that was a... Think that was a um, an impulse one then to think that's why she didn't have any of this kind of stuff it was a strategic one because obviously they didn't you know heather was most likely to uh, spill the beans on what was happening so yeah that one could have been planned and probably was but, uh, uh, so it says but... professor knight said that most of the bodies have been decapitated dismembered and had the legs removed at the hip joints i mean does it does this speak to his kind of um did he have like a bit of experience in the uh in the butchery game from his uh, mm. delivering, maybe. Uh, the remains were in, uh, discovered at Cromwell Street were in anatomical disarray in graves too small for them be to be buried full length. Uh, in every case, the, mm. the bones were missing. But in every case, bones were missing, most commonly one or, one or both kneecaps and large mm. numbers of wrist, ankle, toe and finger bones. They were cut marks made by sharp implements on many bones and a knife was found in Lucy Partington's grave. So he took the knee. I can't stop doing that. So that's the fourth time tonight. Yeah, 
I'm proud of that. I thought of that myself. So yeah, he took the knee. Yeah. But yeah, it's odd. But when he cuts the bodies up like this, it could you know it's more likely that that was the best way to bury the bodies. So you can cut them up, make them into a small, smaller kind of square rectangular package and just slot them in the hole rather than a lengthways full body flopping all over the place. Oh, have you heard? So. Have you heard the story about uh, Midland Road, uh, Ian? I've heard lots of stories about Midland Road. Have so you heard what it's used story... for now? I thought I saw a video on it this week, and I thought it was just a, still a regular house. Is it still? It was it used a... as uh, the house where it, it was used as a brothel. Ironically enough, dozens of women from Eastern Europe are feared to have been lured into the UK by a criminal gang who promised them stable jobs and good incomes. But once in the country, up to 40, 40 victims. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a it is a steady job and a regular income. Yeah. So basically, um, Eastern European women. It was a it was a brothel for Eastern European women. It was what twenty five yeah. Midland Road became. Yeah, we should uh, we should pay it a visit sometime. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen that? So also, uh, Charles Bronson taunted Fred 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 West to kill himself just days before he committed suicide. Based. <laughs> Capstan doesn't like it when I recount the stories of Charlie Bronson and the the year unorthodox tactics he developed for fighting. <laughs> uh, so, bro, uh, where is it? Uh, Bronson, who had been in prison for forty years, said he kept on at him day and night. Fucking moving again, Christ! I'm trying to fucking read it. Uh, he said he kept on at him day and night to top himself. The serial killer hung himself at Winston Green after being charged with 12 murders. Uh, writing in his new book, Charles Bronson stole my sanity. The infamous lag says, I drove him mad. And let's face it, he was a beast. <laughs> <laughs> and when he hanged himself, he did him. us all a favour, especially me, because I was losing my voice. <laughs> Why can't Rose follow him <laughs> straight to hell? Can't we have a party then? <laughs> He took the easy way out in doing that, though. He, yeah, he yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that he's now he's now option. Charles Salvador, by the way, boys and girls. Change your name again. Charles? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. what happened to uh, Bronson? Is he what? Is he got bored with the Death Wish films? Fucking hell! Yeah. So he late. So Charles Bronson later goes on to claim our serial killer Patrick Psycho McKay, who murdered two old ladies and nine others, was tar often targeted by cons. Cons. Some days. Some days we would get lucky and catch him in the shower. He never once fought back. He just screamed like a girl rolling into a ball on the floor. Up against an 80-year-old woman, he was Tarzan. Oh, yeah, big brave fucker. Facing a man, was he? Pussy. <laughs> he added, don't ever forget he's a monster. If you show one out to humanity, you will only show you contempt. <laughs> so he got done in the shower, did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, for once, I'm agreeing with Charlie Bronson. <laughs> Charles Bronson did nothing wrong. <laughs> no, he, he dropped, well. he oh, dropped the, the, the soap. I've got a funny one here. Do you, do you remember the uh, Walkers ad campaign where Gary Lineker held up a picture of anybody? Uh, he said, held up any picture that you sent in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it oh, was no. Fred West. <laughs> Hilarious great, consequences. Great shot. Check it out in the Walkers wave below. And the fing fingers crossed for those Champions League final tickets. Uh, there was someone sent in a Harold Shipman, uh, Rolf Harris, Fred West. 
<laughs> Purple Aki. This uh, is the British public. Ricky Gervais. <laughs> oh, he's a proper wrong un. Yeah. I mean, you John, know, Jonathan King. We we might yeah we might joke about Fred West, but Ricky Gervais. Oh, just one look at his greasy fucking face. That's got to uh, be a sex crime. Do, do you want to hear uh, Fred West's uh, repulsive New Year's Day request? Go uh, for it. Go for it. He wants to do a duet with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Um, There's a letter to Rose. Oh God! In the so that small bodies were found, West confessed, took his own life after after all the fucking pictures are finished loading. Uh, in the letter, in letter to his wife, recounted November nineteen ninety five by the Herald, he wrote, "Well, Rose, it's your birthday on November nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, and you'll be forty one, still as beautiful and lovely as I love you." We will always be in love. Most fun, wonderful thing in my life is when I met you. How our love was special to us. So, love, keep your promises. You know what they are. And when we are put together forever and ever, it's up to you. Uh, where, what did he mean do, do, by this? Come. When, um, when they were in court together for this, she blanked him, though. He tried to make contact with her, eye contact, give her a smile, and she pretended not to know him. And that's when Fred, after that, that was when Fred spilled the beans and said she was involved. Prior to that, he said it was all me. Rose had nothing to do with it. But after that, after that incident, he said, he read he read his statements and said, yes, she was involved. Was that his suicide, was it? Was the... Mm. The the suicide. That... It was before the suicide. No, the New, the New Year's Day. This, this uh, as per usual, this... This article is written really, really badly. Mm. This is yeah, why journalists deserve the accompanying suicide note. Went, went, read to Rose West. Happy New Year, darling. Oh my love, Fred West. Didn't he think killing himself would get her off or something? Is that is that what it was? Um, no, it, because she'd um, initially he wasn't. He was saying she wasn't involved in his earlier interviews. But then they both had a court appearance together. So obviously that was the first time that they'd seen each other for a while. He thought, you know, yes, we can make contact. And, you know, so the feeling is still there. She blanked him in court. She didn't She didn't make any eye contact with him, looked straight ahead. And it was after that that then he said that uh, he told the truth and said Rose was involved in these in these murders and uh, dropped her in it. Yeah, because they... Yeah, suicide, suicide contradicts that. But, uh, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, uh, did you tell their wonderful son, their wonderful son is a is a, a, a upstanding pillar of the community, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he shagged a fourteen year old and went to uh, did time for it. So uh, I think um, some of the kids have tried to commit suicide after this. So uh, May's got a book out. It's called Love Always Mum, which re- which reveals yeah. chilling letters from murderous mum Rose sent from behind bars. Oh, that sounds nice, doesn't it? So it was interesting. I wouldn't mind a read of that actually. I read I read a book on Rose West about about her background and and you know who who then what she developed into. So there's some good books out there, and also there's some uh, good on YouTube. There's you know five or six good documentaries on there that uh, have been on Channel Five. ITV, yeah, they're so, quite so, interesting. So. The 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 tapes are interesting, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're amusing. Let's <laughs> put it like that. But uh, 
yeah, there's some good stuff out there to check out if you're interested in this case. Yes. So I think we have. <laughs> so I just want to Uno a card, but card game said about Rose. He said Scorpio, typical. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's us done for another week. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a uh, well, it was wonderful, wasn't it? <laughs> it was great. We, yeah, it was a good. It was a good. A good uh, coverage from what we could in the, in the allocated time. So yeah, we've done well. I enjoyed the bits where Hemi and Ian did the talking. Yeah. <laughs> so right, that's us done for another week. I'm not sure what we're doing next week. Uh, night all. <laughs> <laughs>